Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. Title of the message is uh, The Start of Something New. To get into this, uh, have you ever started something new? Now, we're all starting something new today, a new year. But when you think of beginning something new, maybe a new endeavor, a new job, new hobby, even a new day, uh, there can be some excitement. Uh, There can also be some anxiousness, right? And maybe even some concerns, uh, not knowing what the future holds or how things are going to work or what's going to happen. And so as we go forward in a new endeavor or as we start something new, I think it's important that we look to God as we go forward. And that's what we're going to talk about here this morning. Because we all are starting something new today. We're starting a new year. If nothing else, we're all starting a new day as well. But there might be something else in your life. Maybe there's something else at this moment that you're starting that is new. Or maybe you are planning. Maybe the Lord's put something in your heart. And maybe there's something uh, in this coming year that you are looking forward to that you're going to begin. That you're going to start a new endeavor or you're going to start something new this year. And so I hope and pray this message will be an encouragement to you. It'll encourage you to look to God as you go forward. So let's look at this. Let's see how how to start something new with God. And I'll have uh, just three considerations for you in this message as we go forward. And the first one is, I want to encourage you as you go forward and you start something new to remember God's grace. God's grace. Now let's consider Noah here this morning. Why was Noah where he was? What I mean by that is when he stepped off the ark onto that dry ground, why was he there? I can tell you this, it's not because he was a great person or a perfect person. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, including Noah. Later, Noah would make a big mistake. I'm sure he made other mistakes in life, but we are given the account of one that he would make. And so Noah was not a perfect person. So we can't say he was in this position or in this place because of how good he was. Uh, Also, it wasn't because he was knowledgeable. He didn't have wisdom of all things. Actually, when you read the passages before, the chapters before, it was God who gave him all the instructions, correct? God told him what to build, gave him the size, what to do, when to expect the rain. God was the one who gave him the knowledge and the wisdom. So it wasn't like Noah figured this out on his own. That's not why he was there. Uh, Thirdly, it wasn't because of his strength or his work or his abilities. You see, God provided everything for Noah. God is the one, when you go back, who shut the door of the ark. It wasn't even Noah who did it. It was God who shut that door. It was God who protected him through that storm. It was God who brought him to this point where he could start something new. And this year, I want to encourage you to consider that when you start something new, whether it's a new year, a new day, a new endeavor, that it's by God's grace you get to do it. And that's what I want to encourage you to remember. It's by God's grace. Let's look here. Let's go back. Genesis chapter 6. Let's look at a verse here. And it says in verse 8, Genesis chapter 6, verse 8 says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, grace, grace means unmerited favor. 
That's what it means. Unmerited favor. When you receive something you don't deserve. It's a gift. Something that you receive, you don't deserve it, you haven't earned it, but it's something that's given to you. That's what grace is. Now, God's grace would be God's unmerited favor. His blessings given out to us, not because we've earned them or we deserve them, but because God is gracious. Because God is God, and He wants to give us these gifts. You know, when you start something new or or some things to think about this morning... Uh, first off, it's by God's grace that you're here today. Right? It's by God's grace that we're able to gather here this morning. It's by God's grace that we're here. Uh, you know, at the end of Genesis 8, let me point out something to you uh, that we find. Notice it says in verse 22, he says, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Isn't that something? That's a promise that God gave. You know, that promise continues today. There's still winter. There's still summer. There's still fall. There's still spring. There's still planting season. There's still harvest time. That's a promise that God gave that still continues today. Be grateful for that. All right? Because if those things changed, we'd be in some big trouble. All right? It's by God's grace those things remain. It's by God's grace we live. By God's grace that we are sustained. By God's grace we get up each day. You know, Matthew chapter 5, uh, we find there in verse 45 that God sendeth the rain on the just and the unjust. He alloweth the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. Praise God when the sun shines. Praise God when it rains. It's God who gives us those blessings. And those are gifts of grace is what they are. And we have those gifts every single day. Another thought here is salvation is a gift of grace. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And we'll look at verses 8 and 9 this morning. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 8 here says, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. That's pretty clear, is it not? I'll read it to you again. For by grace are you saved through faith. Grace, unmerited favor. You're saved by grace through faith. In other words, through your your belief, your trust in Christ. Not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Something that God has given you. Notice verse 9, not of works, lest any man... Should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are, or you are this morning, you received his workmanship. He saved you. You didn't save yourself. He saved your soul, and it was salvation by grace and through faith. Now that's if you're saved. I want to encourage each of you to examine your heart, make sure you're saved. If you're not saved, that's, that's the number one priority right now. That's the best, I guess, a decision you'll ever make, and that needs to be addressed right now. And that'd be a wonderful start to a new year to make sure that you're saved, you've received Christ as your Savior. And that's understanding you've sinned against God, you repent of that sin, and you turn to God to receive Him as your Savior. I hope everyone here is saved. If you're saved, you have been saved by God's grace. Notice it says, not by works, lest any man should boast. Uh, when we get to heaven, we're not going to run around boasting about what we've done. Because we're all there by the grace of God. All of us. No matter what we've accomplished on earth, what we didn't accomplish, uh, we're there by God's grace, or we will be there by God's grace. Uh, we're all saved by Jesus Christ. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thought. Uh, this morning here... That's another teaching there, another truth we find about God's grace. But let me give you one more thought. You know, it's by God's grace that you can do uh, what you're called to do, whatever that is. Let me point that out to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'll look here at verse 8. It says here, And God is able to make all grace abound 
toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. You know, in this passage, he's talking about giving, is what he's talking about, giving. And obviously, when we think of giving, we also think of return, right? You think, well, you know, I'm going to give. Do I have enough to give? Everything else. Well, here we find, he says, you basically, you cannot give God with your possessions, your gifts, or anything else you have. And he says here, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. In other words, he says he's going to take care of you. He's gonna, he, he is going to provide for you so you could continue on, so you can go forward. You can do what he wants you to do. Uh, now that's different for each of us, correct? Now there's some things he, he wants all of us to do, obviously. He wants all of us to glorify him, wants all of us to be witnesses, he wants all of us to carry out our responsibilities, but there's some specific things that God has for you in your life that God has called you to or has given in your life some responsibilities that God will enable you to do and that's by his grace and so praise God by grace you can go forward this year that you could you know that God will bless you and provide for you so let's consider Noah it was by God's grace that Noah was able to start something new he was able to start a new day and able to start a new life as he stepped off the ark and today by God's grace uh, you're starting a new year uh, maybe you're going to begin some other projects as well. Uh, maybe this year the Lord will enable you to start some new things. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe some things will start later in the year that you're not even aware of right now. Whatever the case may be, those are all because of God's grace. So remember God's grace as you go forward in life and be grateful for it. Uh, the second consideration is how about God's guidance for Noah? God's guidance. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. God didn't leave Noah without any guidance at all. He gave him some directions. Uh, he didn't give him detailed, but he gave him some directions. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 8, and let's consider what he says here in verse 15. It says, And God spake unto Noah, saying, What do you tell him? Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, thy sons, thy sons' wives, with thee. And then he talks about the animals going out and being fruitful and multiplying. You know what he told Noah to do? He said, go forward and live life, is what he's telling him to do. Get off the ark. It's finished. Go forward and live life. Now, uh, let me give you some things to think about here. Have you ever had a project so big you didn't know where to begin? I feel like that in the fall time when I look at the leaves in the yard. You know, it's like, where do we begin? We've got to start in this corner. We just Where do we begin? You know, projects that are big can sometimes seem overwhelming because they're so big that we feel like, uh, I don't know where to start, or even if, if I did start somewhere, I'm not going to make much of an impact, and that can be overwhelming. Have you ever thought about Noah? Think about this for a moment. He's stepping off the ark with his family, and that's it. There's nobody else in the world. That's it. It's a, I imagine he really felt like a, a small individual in a big world at that moment. That's all that there was there. And then the animals he brought with him, that was it too. That's all the, the livestock and all the animals that they would have. So you have eight human beings stepping off the ark. You have seven of each clean animal and two of each unclean animal, according to Genesis 7, verses 2 and 3. So he brings them off the ark and he starts a new life. You know, I imagine it was extremely quiet, don't you think so? Except for maybe the settling of the earth with earthquakes and things like that. But, I mean, there was no noise pollution. He didn't have to worry about any of that. There was nobody bothering him. I guess his family, his other members of his family, that's about it. But it was an extremely quiet world. And the world was settling, folks. The Bible tells us that there was a 
a cataclysmic flood that had taken place. So the world was settling. The land had rose and split. There had been earthquakes, the volcano activity, the flood itself. You know, that's probably why they didn't build cities immediately, because the world was still settling. They didn't go out and have all this. Now, let me give you some things to think. I'm going to speculate a little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll speculate. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, I, I can't back this up with Scripture. But let me speculate a little bit, give you something to think about. You know, often what happens is we look back and we think Noah's getting off the ark. And he's wearing nothing but, you know, some kind of cloth, one cloth. And he looks like a caveman as he's getting off the ark. Uh, that's kind of the impression everyone gets. The Bible doesn't tell us that. Let me just point that out to you. We don't know the advancements that they made before the flood. We don't know the technology they had before the flood. Uh, there's indications that we have found around the world that they did make some advancements, but, but that world was wiped away, gone. God, God cleaned it with the flood. And, and there are some indications in what we find in fossils that, that there was some technology back then. How much, we don't know. But I can tell you this, they were brilliant. Adam was a perfect man when he was created. Name the animals. He was an intelligent man, extremely intelligent. And he lived a long life. All of them did. Folks, who knows the advancements they made? But let me give you this thought here. What would he have done with them had he had them anyway? Have you ever thought about that? I have a tablet up here I'm preaching with. I don't use paper anymore for the most part. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I don't. But if I had to step on the ark, I could take my tablet with me, and I'd be good probably for what? Maybe a couple hours until the battery died? What am I going to plug it into afterwards? When he stepped off the ark, what was he going to do? I mean, even if he had the technology to have cell phones and computers and everything else, he couldn't use them anymore. You talk about someone who had to completely rely upon God. You know, God wants us to get that way even with the technologies we have. You see, we've been blessed, right? We have technology. Thank the Lord for heat, electricity, the ability to harness that. But see, God doesn't want us to trust in those things. He wants us to trust in Him and follow His guidance, His direction. Now let's go back to Noah. So he steps off the ark. He, he, he's starting a whole new life. I couldn't even imagine starting from scratch everything. You know, he couldn't go down to Walmart to fix his house. He couldn't go get tools. Whatever tools he had, if they broke, he had to fix them himself. He couldn't go down to get anything else. He got bored. He couldn't go watch a movie. There were no movies. Everything he had was just right there. He's starting brand new from scratch, and he's going forward. But he did have God's guidance. God told him to go. In other words, God said, that I'm going to bless you. You go forward. I'll take care of things. You know, as far as we know, Noah was not given any specific details concerning his direction. Um, that was left up to him. His reasoning. Uh, his logic, his ability to figure things out. You know, God God wants us to live by faith, but he also wants us to use the resources he's already given, the reasoning we have, and the abilities to think and figure things out and to follow the direction he's given. I think one of the greatest examples of this, as far as an illustration, is the wise men. You know, when they were in Bethlehem, before they left, remember, an angel came, told them to leave. Don't go back to Herod, but go a different way. You know, the angel didn't give him a map, didn't tell him which way to go, just said, go a different way. That's it. Just that, that was the message, to go a different way. You see, that was up to the wise men to figure out. They were wise, right? They, they could figure that out. Well, that's how life is. God will give us direction, and then there's a lot he wants us just to figure out as we go forward. Let me give you an example on this. How about marriage? Marriage is like this. You know, we're to, we're, well, both are to submit, not just the wife, but the husband says, we're to submit one to another. 
And the, the husband is to love the spouse. You know, it doesn't give us the details of how to carry that out, but we know that God has told us to carry it out. We can figure that out with the leading of the Spirit and walking with God. That's the direction we find there. How about a church? Church the same way. We're not given all the details of the directions. You know, commenting how we have some projects coming up this year. Now, unless I miss the verse, we're not told what color to paint the the walls and the bathrooms, right? Or the kitchen if we go forward. Uh, Unless I miss that. You see, God wants us to use our reasoning and our abilities He's given us and the resources. Trust Him, of course. We don't go without Him. And we seek the Lord. Well, that's how it is when you go forward this year. All right, there might be some situations in life where you say, well, I don't have all the details. Well, you don't need all the details. God will work those things out. You trust Him. For example, you do know some things that you've been given. Whatever God-given responsibilities you have, God expects you to carry those out. All right? God expects you to be faithful in those responsibilities. Whether it's within the family, within a calling you have at church, within your your career. God expects you to be faithful to those. Those are things that He's given you. And we're not to wake up one day and say, well, you know what? Uh, Let me give you for example. I'll use myself as an example. I'm not supposed to wake up one day and say, well, Lord, do you still want me to be a good husband? Of course He does. Those responsibilities He's already given me. I'm to carry those out. How about being a witness? We're not... Uh, that's not something we decide to go, well, God, you know, today am I... No, we are to be witnesses of Christ. That's something we've already been told to do. Now, we can pray for wisdom on how to do it. We can pray for opportunities. We can pray that God will give us boldness to speak and the words to say. But as far as being a witness, that's something we're already called to do. We just need to carry it out. That's a responsibility God's given us. Now, as a church and as individuals, we may carry it out differently at times. There may be a time where you get a chance to witness to someone directly. Share the gospel with them. Maybe see them saved. Isn't that wonderful to see a soul saved? Uh, or maybe there might be a time where you don't have that, that opportunity as far as the time. But you can say, hey, can you read this? I have a tract here. If you get a chance, would you read this? Or you invite them to church. You see, each occasion is different. The responsibility is the same. But as we go forward, God will guide and direct. You know, that's how life is. So this year, as you're going forward and you start something new, what I want to encourage you to do is follow God's guidance. Now, as far as guidance for us, first you have, uh, I'll tell you what, you have a map. All right here, it's right here. You have, you have a directions. You have a guide, and that's the Word of God. Uh, Psalm 119, 105. We talk about God's lamp, right? And His light before our feet. God's Word is your guide. It, it, it tells you, what God expects. It reveals God to us so we can know Him, know who He is. And so I encourage you to read the Word this year. Read it, read it study it, and then apply it. Don't, don't just have a knowledge of it, but live by it. Uh, apply the Word of God. But also, you have wisdom. Turn with me if you would. I'm going to show you in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we'll look at verse 30 here this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In verse 29, it says, No flesh should glory in His presence, referring to Christ. But it says, But of Him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. But notice it says, He's made unto us wisdom. You know, wisdom is the correct use of knowledge. Read the Bible, study it, gain the knowledge of God. Then with Christ you have Wisdom. You know, that this explains why there can be people who can read the Bible, and to them it means nothing. It's because if they're without Christ, it's just going to be a bunch of words. 
when you have Christ, then that wisdom comes in, the understanding. And that's what Christ is to those that are saved. So if you're saved here this morning and you go forward in life, understand you have Christ. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you wisdom as far as his word, wisdom as far as walking with him. And then finally, you also have, I say finally, it's probably just as important as as the others, but you have a personal guide in the Holy Spirit that will teach you the things of Christ. Make them real unto you and guide you, help you as far as your reactions and your decisions and everything else in life. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. You find that work in John 14, verse 16. That's why he was sent. So this morning you have the Spirit abiding with you to guide you as you go forward. So as you go forward this year, follow God's guidance. That's the key. Follow God's guidance. And God may have something new for you to go something to start, and that's great. That's wonderful. Go forward. If God opens those doors and enables you to do it, then you trust the Lord and you go with His guidance and His direction. And finally, here's my last thought for you this morning, and that is God's glory. God's glory. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 8. Have you ever thought about what you would do if you stepped off the ark? It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Stepping off the ark onto dry ground. First off, it'd be probably thank the Lord that it's dry ground. You know, he's no longer on that water. And and by the way, that was a big storm. So I'm sure he was all over the place during the storm on dry ground. Nothing else around him. Nobody else. Bible tells us, notice what Noah did. Verse 20. He says here, and Noah builded an altar unto the Lord. He builded an altar unto the Lord, took of every clean beast, of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. He glorified God. He glorified God is what he did. Notice here, he says that he built an altar. So before he went forward, before he went to begin, I guess you would call his new life, the new direction, he built an altar unto God and gave God glory. Gave God glory. Now the altar was a place of worship. That's what the altar was. Uh, it, sacrifices were made on the altar and offered up to God. Now, now think on this. He didn't have much to, to offer, did he? He very easily could have said, "Well, I, I got to hold on to these animals. I don't, have, you know, they, they die. I can't go out and purchase any more or find any more throughout the land. They're, this is it." Yet he took. What he had, he sacrificed and offered unto God. That's a challenge for us right there. Just to offer unto God, no matter what you have. Just be be grateful and say, God, I'm going to glorify you with what you've given me. Whether it's gifts or talents or abilities or whatever else that you consider from God, you offer those up to God. Say, God, these are yours. You've blessed me with this. I'm going to offer unto you, and I'm going to trust you as I go forward. Uh, you know, in a, in a sense, what we find here is Noah expressing his gratefulness to God, his gratitude to the Lord for getting him through that flood, for giving him the opportunity to start something new. Maybe this morning that's what you would like to do. Just thank God. Thank God he gave you another day. Thank God he's given you another year. Thank God he's given you new opportunities, new blessings. Maybe you want to thank him for the new opportunities that are coming. Maybe God's already shown you some things that you know you're going to go forward with. And you want to thank him for those blessings. Thank God for those new opportunities and the the new blessings that he gives unto you. Also, what we find here in offering, building an altar and offering unto the Lord, he glorified God is what he did. He glorified God. And God was pleased with this. Notice what it says in verse 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more 
every living thing as I have done. And then he, he gives the promise of the earth being sustained. You know, it's kind of interesting that that promise wasn't given until Noah offered unto God. God was pleased with this. God was pleased that Noah glorified him and honored him. You know, when we glorify God, that pleases him. That When we honor him, instead of honoring ourselves or exalting ourselves, that pleases God. What I want to encourage you with this, one thought I want to encourage you with here, is when you begin something new, begin with God. That's what he's doing. He's beginning with God. And when you begin something new, begin with God. So God told him to go out. Go off the ark and to go forward. And he did. But before he got too far, he looked back to God and said, Thank you. And I think we find here an important teaching of beginning with God. Okay, how can we apply this? Well, 2023, you can begin with God this morning. We've only had a few hours in this new year. So let's begin with God. Honor God. Give glory to God. Thank God for another year. Ask God for His guidance, His direction, for His wisdom as we go forward. But then, each and every day this year, you can begin with God. Every single day you can begin with God. Start with prayer. Thank God for giving you another day. New opportunities, new blessings. And then every new endeavor that you start this year, start with God. You go on vacation, start with prayer. Pray the Lord to keep you safe. Make everything work out well. Start everything with God. That's, a, that's something good to do. I believe you do that, God's going to bless. God will be pleased with that. You're honoring Him and you're glorifying Him. And God will be pleased as He was pleased with Noah. Now, here's some of the mistakes that are made that we need to avoid. And I want to give you some thoughts on this real quick. It's easy to forget God as we go forward. So beware of this. Just, just beware. First one is... We can get in a hurry. Get in a hurry. And when you get in a hurry, you believe, well, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And it's tempting to go without God or not wait upon God just to do our own thing. And that's something as we go forward, we gotta make sure we don't get in a hurry, that we trust in the Lord. We walk with God and we glorify Him. Uh, another warning is distractions. Distractions. Uh, I'm sure, well, both of these Noah could have used. I'm sure Noah could have said, man, I gotta hurry up and get out there. Uh, you know, I gotta hurry up and figure out what I'm gonna do. But he took time to thank God. The distractions. Even though he didn't have all the distractions, I'm sure there were a lot of distractions for Noah. I'm certain there were. How am I gonna build a house? Where are we gonna build a house? Where are we gonna live? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? We're going to explore here. There were a lot of things that could have distracted him from honoring God, but he honored God first. So we must set aside the distractions and honor God as we go forward. Another one is, is, is simply getting selfish. We've got to be careful of not becoming selfish. And Noah avoided this, obviously, because he honored God. But it's easy to become selfish and think that everything is about us and we want to Make it about us when in reality it's about God. We honor God. We glorify Him and thank Him. So those are some areas I want to encourage you just to to be aware of as you go forward this year. Because when any of these happen, God's not honored. God's not glorified. And we want to make sure that we do all things to God's glory. So that's our goal. Glorify God. Uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 10.30, Whether for you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now how can you glorify God this year? You know, God doesn't expect us to go build an altar in our backyard or our front yard. That's what Noah did. You see, it's a different time. 
But you know what God does do or expect? He expects us to worship Him still. You know, your home can be a place of worship. It should be a place of worship where you worship God in prayer and honor Him. How about church? Join your church when we worship God. That's a place of worship where we worship and honor God. And then we find here Noah sacrificed. All right. Now, God doesn't expect us to bring animal sacrifices. That's not the teaching here. This is something we learn from. Uh, we have to remember the time. This is before Christ appeared. This is before the Messiah. This is before he was born. This is before he went to the cross and offered up his life. Hebrews 9, verse 27, 28 tells us he offered up once for all sin. Not several times, once. It's finished. It's done. So we live today understanding that Christ has offered up himself as a sacrifice. He's our substitute. He took our place. So he fulfilled the Old Testament teachings, the types, the ceremonies concerning the sacrifices. And so we don't make sacrifices here. So don't bring a lamb or a goat or receive anything next week and expect a sacrifice. We're not going to do that here. Uh, one, it's past. Two, I'm not a priest, all right? We have a high priest. I'm a pastor. There's a difference. Priest has to have a sacrifice. Christ is our high priest. And he has made the sacrifice. So what do we offer or the sacrifices we made? Let's go over to Romans chapter 12. Let me show you the sacrifices or the sacrifice that you can make that God will be pleased with. Romans chapter 12. And I'll begin in verse 1 as you're heading that direction. Romans chapter 12. And in verse 1, he says here, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, this morning, you can offer up your life as a living sacrifice. That's what God wants. And how do you do that? That's... By saying, your, your will in my life, God, not mine. Your, my life's yours. Your will, not mine. I'm going to seek your will. Seek your direction. Seek what you want, not what I want. You see, Christ is the perfect example of that. All the way throughout his earthly life, it was about the will of God the Father, not about himself. And that's a living sacrifice. Giving our life unto God, yielding to him, and letting him work through us. That, that, that's, that's what you can do. That's how you can honor God. That's how you can glorify God. That's something each one of us can do. That's something that doesn't require us to have money or have intelligence or or even physical power, strength, or even great health. Everyone can yield and say, Lord, your will, not mine. I'm offering myself up as a sacrifice. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you permit me to do, whatever you allow me to do, I'm going to do it for your glory and for your honor. You know, Noah went forward. He gave the sacrifice unto God, and he honored God. And this year, as you go forward, I want to encourage you to honor God with your life, to glorify Him in all that you do. So, in closing, as you start a new year, as we start 2023, or anything else that you begin this year, remember it's by God's grace that you're able to do it. And as you go forward, follow God's direction. And finally, make sure to glorify God in all that you do. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. 
Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.